Hello and welcome to the Faculty Podcast, covering the latest breakthroughs, research, news and insight delivered by the world's leading academic and industry figures. In this episode, Craig Deed, La Trobe University, discusses informal learning spaces and their impact on learning in tertiary education, and outlines a model of participatory analysis that accounts for the conceptual complexity, lived experience, and broad intentions of the informal learning space. It seemed to a number of us quite a few years ago that there was increasing emphasis on the virtual university. And there was an expectation that over time the virtual university would in fact take over and uh, replace the, the physical university. Now, one of the reasons for that was the actual teaching and learning that was taking place in higher education started to emphasise student-oriented learning. And there was a lot of conversation around online learning, flexible, mobile, on-demand, modularised, self-paced, personalised learning. And all of those things meant that the student experience um, of teaching and learning in higher ed could in fact be done in some sort of technologised space. However, this this paradox started to emerge where, in fact, rather than the virtual university taking over the physical university, the physical university, in fact, became more important. And uh, governments and universities started to invest more and more money in the actual physical spaces that were being um, used by students in higher education. So for us, I guess we started to think that there needed to be some sort of evidence-based model around why this was happening and to justify and shape this ongoing investment in the future design of higher education spaces. What we needed was some sort of occupancy model where we could think about the choices that students were making about where, uh, when, how and why they were using different spaces in a higher education uh, context. And so we put together an interdisciplinary team uh, with academics from a Faculty of Health, uh, School of Education, uh, the Library and the some staff from from infrastructure and operations. And we thought with that multiple uh, sort of uh, perspectives we'd be able to think about how uh, these informal learning spaces that were emerging on campus were actually being used. And the first thing we had to do was to think about what is an informal, um, uh, what is an informal learning space. And uh, I guess there's a number of definitions uh, around, but we thought that an informal space uh, would be a non-teaching space. Uh, it had to be some sort of space that was deliberately designed or being used or had emerged as an informal space. Uh, and basically, the actual use or function of those spaces were around student learning. So in essence, it's a non-teaching, non-timetabled uh, space within a university that has some sort of symbolic prompts around student learning. When we were thinking about how to uh, consider, how to measure, how to analyse the use of informal spaces within higher ed. We had to come up with some sort of concept that would that would underpin this, and we can't, we we used the metaphor of participation. 
because we didn't just want to think about these particular spaces from an architectural perspective um, or a broad you know, uh, abstract teaching and learning uh, conceptualisation. We wanted to think about what was actually happening in these spaces. So the metaphor of participation allowed us to think about the actual activities that were going on, that were that were situated in certain spaces, that were embedded in, that were afforded by, that were that were influencing or mediated by the different social and cultural processes of what it means to be a student in higher education. Um, so in essence. We wanted to observe and interview and record what students were doing, what sort of activities, what sort of practices, what sort of routines or processes that related to learning that they were enacting in these particular spaces within higher education. So in essence, our model had three different components of the things we were actually looking at. The first one was the influence of teaching processes because the sorts of teaching that goes on within within a university influences the sort of learning activities that students then do if the university has an overarching emphasis on exams then that means that the student learning activities are basically about study and how to do an exam so there are certain spaces or places that help students to do that and one of the classic ones is the traditional library where there are quiet spaces where students do individualised study. But of course in the university there's a whole range of different learning processes such as requiring students to do collaborative projects, uh, to do readings, to comprehend readings, to develop presentations, to develop multi-media uh, presentations and representations to use laboratories, uh, a whole range of different learning activities. But the, but the key thing for us was, what were the teaching processes that led to these uh, learning, learning activities? So before we even went to an informal space and saw what was happening in there, we wanted to know what sort of teaching was occurring around the actual informal space. So students will react in a university setting to what the academics tell them are the important bits of the learning process, such as assessment. So in essence, uh, when we actually got to our observations and our interviews, we found that when we were asking why students were doing certain activities, it was almost always related to assessment tasks. So in fact, assessments and learning processes as um, conceptualised by academics, by lecturers, by tutors, they're the things that inform how students use different spaces within the university. So. The first thing was we had to figure out what were those teaching processes. Second, we had to think about the contemporary student in higher education. You know, their, their individual approach or preferences uh, for learning. Uh, one of the obvious, example, obvious examples is the use of social media, which often translates into social processes, collaborative learning uh, within a more formal setting. So we had to... Um, not just make sure our data collection occurred between 9 and 3 o'clock during a weekday, because often these informal spaces are in buildings that were open 24 hours a day. Students could use uh, the different places uh, at any time, and so we had to be responsive to the different learning preferences that were being shown by students. And another way of thinking about it is some of these informal spaces, they weren't designed, they were just created by students. So. Uh, one of them directly outside my office 
uh, here at my university is uh, a series of couches that were actually just placed there um, and they were about to be uh, recycled or sold. But the students noticed all these couches and started to organise them and use them for their informal study. And this was about 10 years ago and the couches are still there and they're still being re uh, re or moved, reconfigured, reshaped on a daily or weekly basis depending on how students want to use the particular space. So in other words we had to consider how students were approaching the use of space and how this was reflective, reflective of the way they wanted to learn and how they wanted to shape their own learning environment. The third thing we had to consider was informal um, learning spaces within the overall context of the university. If you go to any university in the world and start on one side of the campus and walk across the entire campus, just open up some doors, go through buildings, go upstairs and end up at the other side, it's like walking through a city or a large modern shopping centre. There's so many different buildings, spaces, functions, places, colours, organisation um, uh, arrangements. It's a very diverse space, a modern, a modern university. Now that's, that's always been the case for universities. They've always been diverse, interesting spaces. But what you notice now when you do a walk like that is that the ecosystem of the modern university includes a whole range of these informal spaces, lounge areas, uh, small cafes with a whole lot of tables and chairs that students can use, uh, um, uh, couches, uh, uh, project rooms, um, little little sort of uh, uh, alcoves and nooks and niches, a whole range of different informal learning spaces that students could use. So, in summary, when we looked at how on earth we were going to analyse these informal spaces, we had to look at what the actual teaching was going going on around these spaces, what the learning was, how students were enacting learning, and thirdly, how these spaces sat within the overall um, ecology of the university. And those three things together gave us our participation model. When we were thinking uh, about this particular project, and once we had our, our, our participatory model, we then start to think more deeply around the sorts of spaces and the sorts of activities that we might be uh, looking at and encountering as we were uh, looking at these informal spaces. So we had to think about um, what were traditional or conventional or formal learning spaces within a contemporary university and then think about what were all the other spaces, all the spaces that actually complement all the formal, timetabled, teacher-driven spaces. And I mentioned some of them before, but like project-based spaces, small collaboration spaces, individual um, study spaces, uh, quiet little gathering spaces, There's a whole range of different sort of um, uh, spaces that we had to record and uh, figure out exactly what each space was affording, what it was allowing students to do. The second thing was we had to open ourselves up to this idea of student entrepreneurialism, that is Students don't just go into a space and accept it as it is. They're constantly moving furniture, uh, changing the, the, the height of tables, um, running extension cords, uh, working in groups, uh, changing the way spaces are used and configured. So we had to have some sort of uh, way of thinking about this flexibility of time and space of furniture, uh, how educators were exerting different levels of influence in these spaces and also part of our language also was around the resources that are in a range of spaces that actually support learning. 
in addition to that, we had to think about the student experience because uh, when we talk about learning processes and activities, it can become uh, a very abstract way of thinking about what someone's doing. But in fact, students experience spaces the way that we experience our 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 home or our workplace. There's a range of things that, that influence us and some of those things are things like light uh, and the level of uh, sound you can hear and the different textures, the different colours of the space. But also for students, uh, there are other things that need to be considered to make it a usable space such as feelings of safety, feelings of being visible, feelings of belonging, levels of comfort a sense of being in a learning community, a sense of being in a university community, as well as proximity to things like food and drink, like a cafe, other resources, um, uh, IT support, the library, the proximity to the nearest lecture theatre. So there's a whole range of different aspects um, and uses of space that we had to start to introduce into our language and our thinking around how we would actually look and see certain spaces. Once the, the, the study was well underway, and in fact coming, coming to a conclusion, we realised that there were five main things that we could say that would actually influence the design of future informal spaces. The first was that it was very important uh, for students that the spaces, the informal spaces, be integrated into the actual uh, formal university spaces. So the ecosystem idea of, of a university really uh, must include a range of different informal spaces that are within uh, buildings, that are between buildings, and that actually extend into the community so that the the contemporary university is the same as a, a a landscape or a cityscape. We think of it as a learning scape, that there's a range of different potential spaces, formal and informal, that support teaching and learning. The second thing is flexibility, that these informal spaces, no two are the same. They need to be designed to be flexible. So flexible uh, uses from, from students to accommodate a range of different learning preferences and styles. One of the other important aspects we found in terms of flexibility is that students um, they do require spaces for social learning, for collaborative learning, for project-based learning, but they also, uh, they also require spaces which are quiet, that there is a, a, a really significant need emerging for quiet spaces for individual work. Um, I suppose in the past a lot of this individual work would in fact take place at, at at home in the kitchen or the lounge room and often you, that was often the case that students would do their social learning, their discussion, their orientation to a task and then go home and spend hours writing or thinking or studying. But in fact many students now are staying on campus for, for large periods of time. Many buildings are open 24 hours and these quiet spaces where students can do individual study are, are really important at the same time having spaces that are safe and visible. Um, the third thing is, is interaction. No matter what sort of uh, informal spaces you have, they have to allow for interaction with other students. And interestingly, uh, the thing that students rated highly was they wanted to interact with members of staff. So one of the ideas that we've seen is having an informal space uh, between staff officers and the cafe so that staff are forced to walk through the informal space on their way to get a coffee. 
So that means that students actually like to be in a space, that is their space for learning, but they like the, the visibility and the presence of academics who they can ask questions uh, of as they go through or even interact with in other ways, uh, as well as having spaces that interact with all of the resources and facilities across the university. Um, the next one is human orientation. Informal spaces have to think about the fact that humans are, or have to be designed in a way I should say, that, that takes into account that humans are using them. So we have to think about um, uh, the actual level of, of, of comfort, the levels of visibility, uh, the quality of the light, uh, the fact that the furniture needs to be functional. Um, some informal spaces are really brightly coloured and they have wonderfully soft couches and you know cushions and pictures and music playing. That's okay for social learning, but if you actually want to get your laptop out, you need a you need a, a table that's that that can accommodate the effective functional use of a laptop. And if you're trying to work as a group on a project, then maybe you don't need couches. Maybe you need tables and chairs that, in fact, allow you to to do that. So. Every informal space is different, and some informal spaces work well as social spaces. But in fact, thinking about that, uh, thinking that humans are the ones who are using these spaces, we have to think about things like uh, uh, the air quality, the thermal comfort, the acoustics, the lighting, the, the functionality of the furniture, the level of comfort and convenience. All of those things are, are really important. And the final thing is resources. Informal spaces have to have resources to support learning, such as PowerPoints. Whenever you see a student come into an informal space, they usually have a backpack with them. In that backpack is a laptop, probably a, a smartphone, a range of um, uh, a range of uh, power cords, books and pens, uh, uh, paper, food and drink. So when a student sits down at any sort of space, they need an area to spread out all their stuff. And if there's five or six students working as a group, they need space for all their individual stuff, as well as a shared space, somewhere to work on a project. So um, the level of resources and the sort of supports that students can use in these spaces is also very important. So I guess um, overall what we found that that informal spaces have to be carefully thought about and designed, but they have to have some uh, inherent capacity to support a range of different approaches. And each space will have a particular um, use or a, a range of preferences that will be expressed by different students as they use it. Students tend to use these spaces um, for between one hour and, and four hours. So if they're only there for a fairly short period of time, the use of it tends to be a bit different. Um, so I guess in essence there's a range of different spaces within the contemporary uni. Uh, uh, informal spaces are an emerging but a very important part of the overall university ecosystem and students use these in, in different ways but they do have a range of expectations and needs and designers need to think about those. Mm -hmm.